Hello and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, April 26th, 2013. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And this week, we talk about jQuery versus Zepto and other pointless debates. Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. You did, you did that wrong, but I won't correct you. <laughs> what, what did I do? You, you forgot the whole bit about building apps that run everywhere. Oh, crap. <laughs> I, I did the, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I said the wrong date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's okay. We'll run with it. <laughs> that'll be a, that'll be a, an Easter egg for the dear yeah. listener, the regular dear listener. Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So both of our moms are listening. Yeah. <laughs> so you said you, uh, what did you say about the nerds in the other room? Oh, I said they're doing they're doing scary difficult math, and I don't even understand how it's actually math. Mm. It has it has no numbers. It's just all Greek alphabet and, and funky symbols. That's my um, that's where my inferiority complex kicks in. Like I feel like I should understand that, but I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think right now they're like looking through time or something. <laughs> I oddly enough. Earlier today, I actually derived a function, wow. which I haven't done since high school. <laughs> but uh, we've been doing, have you been, I don't know if you saw this on Facebook, but uh, me and a, uh, like a hundred and, and change people have been doing this 100 days of burpees thing. Yeah. Yeah. I wondered if you were still doing it because I hadn't seen updates in a while. Yeah. I've been, I've been plagued by injuries. So I have to keep, if you skip two days, you have to start over. So I've had to start yeah. over twice now. Oh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's hard. It's like really demanding exercise. It's crazy. In like five minutes, you get all the exercise you need for a day, but, uh, it's really demanding and it's like hurt my wrist and my hip and my, you know, I'm like falling apart. I need like <laughs> replacement parts. You got an eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't lost an eyeball yet. I know. I know you recently popped a, popped a gasket because yeah. <laughs> of all your exercise. Yes, uh, this getting in shape is going to kill me. <laughs> yeah, it's I I've not been I've been more out of shape since the house fire than I have in a long time because I usually use a standing desk, but I haven't. Oh yeah, I yeah. Haven't been. Yeah. But yeah, so I derived a function. I was like, I was like, how do you the 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 way the burpees thing works is, uh, you know, day one, you do one day two, you do two and on up to a hundred. So it's like, mm -hmm. how do you, and I feel like I was like, Oh, this is like a normal, uh, number series like Fibonacci or something. And so I looked around, I'm like, no, it's not Fibonacci. It's not, I couldn't find it anywhere. <laughs> I'm like, there's no online calculator for maybe I didn't know what to call it. But, uh, I was like, well, if you think about it, if you do seven, that's like if you like if I, I was picturing the numbers like one two three four five six seven just yeah randomly, and if you take the very first number one and the one right before seven and add them together you get seven, and if you take two and five you get seven, and if you take three and four you get seven, mm -hmm. so it's really just seven times and then you have to figure out how many times to times the seven, yeah, so I was like oh well, <laughs> it's obviously. N times N minus one divided by two plus one. Obviously. And uh, <laughs> it totally works. I was very, I was extremely proud of, so proud of myself. But I didn't use any, no Greek letters though. Yeah, no Greek letters, yeah. My, my high school math teacher was the football coach. 
That's pretty weird. And it was uh, my and home ec teacher. <laughs> no, no, he was the football coach. And my senior year, um, it was the first class of the day, and he liked to read the paper. <laughs> so I didn't actually do much math <laughs> that year. I see. So if we get beyond beyond basic algebra and geometry, I'm I'm lost. Yeah, I aced all my math classes until calculus senior year, which I failed. Yeah, Richard's taking a, a calculus two college calculus two right now. Yeah. So. I was I was my I I blame my teacher frankly. Yeah, I I blame mine. Yeah, I guess so. If he was just reading the paper. <laughs> yeah, I think we did. I think we did three or four lessons all year. Mm, delicious. <laughs> yeah, you know when you're when you're 17, you don't think to complain about those things because hey, easy A. Right. But. But God damn it! Now I want to know how to, a helicopter works. And yeah. <laughs> you need calculus for that. So, what a week! Yes. <laughs> we have both been heads down working, and uh, and. And also like all sorts of all sorts of political stuff in the news. Just very distracting couple of weeks. Yeah, it has been. In terms of uh, in terms of fun apps that run everywhere content. But something came up uh, the other day that really grabbed my attention uh, because of the I think because of the 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 statement and the person who made the statement. Mm-hmm. And we, as dear listener will know, we're big fans of the BDConf. Breaking development conferences and uh, and at a recent BDConf, I think it was Orlando, Paul Irish uh, did a talk called "The Mobile Web Is in Trouble," which coming from Paul Irish is a pretty rad thing to say. Uh, he's a he's a Google, I think he's a developer advocate at Google, and is just like a wicked web guy. And he's got a bunch of really popular uh, web projects to his credit. Yeah. yeah modernizer and yeoman and didn't boilerplate his too yeah html5 boilerplate and mobile boilerplate all this stuff you know he's like very very dedicated to mobile i've seen him give a bunch of talks that are super cutting edge web I, sorry i didn't mean to say mobile he's, he's like a web guy in general yeah and uh, a bunch of really super interesting cutting edge talks and it's usually stuff that it's like when when you see him talk about stuff it's like oh that's that's kind of a great demo, but it's only supported in like Chrome Canary bleeding edge nightly. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. in six months, maybe I'll worry about it. But, um, you know, it's always like so far ahead of the curve that you almost can't uh, can't come up with a use case. But it's, it's just eye candy. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, yeah. For uh, a particular practical, like practical. Yeah. Yeah, is yeah. I mean, if I see something that is limited to a particular browser, partic- especially a particular version of a browser for support, it's just I, I don't care. It's like I immediately don't care about it. Yeah. But um, it is it is pretty amazing, and that's where everything comes out of. Of course, things like WebRTC and even like accelerometer support and GPS and all that stuff. So, so it's good to have your sort of thumb on that. But when he when he comes and does it like it does a talk at a big conference, a big web conference mm-hmm. about like the mobile web is in trouble, he kind of like makes you think, oh, what's he talking about? Yeah, you kind of sit up and listen. Right, right. So uh, uh, that is exactly what I did. And he did a, uh, he did a, uh, I, I read Luke W's notes on his talk, which is always a great resource um, for getting quick, uh, for quickly getting up to speed with what's going on at uh, 
he did goes to BD Comp a lot, uh, but so that's a good a good way to keep up to date with sort of what the the sort of thought leaders, to use a hackney term, in the space are doing is to kind of follow Luke W and, and read his notes on these different uh, talks because he goes to great talks, he, way more than than people who have real jobs could afford to do, <laughs> and uh, um, just has a great take on it. So if you go to LukeW.com, you can follow that stuff. But his notes on this one. Um, Really, there was just one particular bullet point that stood out for me, which was, especially because I'm totally guilty of this, mm-hmm. which is that um, the different the size difference between jQuery and Zepto, which is like a, you know, kind of advertised as a drop-in jQuery replacement uh, JavaScript library, the size difference is about a third of a typical sized JPEG, which is to say that it's barely any different when you consider that most sites are going to have like a ton of JPEGs <laughs> that need to be downloaded. And the difference in downloading like a little bit more JavaScript is, is negligible. Is, yeah. Insignificant. Yeah. And so if you think about, you know, so you can, you can agree with that or, or not, but and, and before I looked at it like that, I would have said something like, yeah, but every bit of of you know performance. Every bit counts. Yeah, yeah, every bit counts. And but really, uh, but it, there's like sort of two sides to that. Like when you think of all of the um, development resources that end up getting thrown behind Zepto, that would have maybe been better served doing something else. You start to think like, well, really. Wh- it's great that anybody can start a library and like gain traction, but, but is it, is it a good use of your energy? Yeah. I mean, like really like jQuery is kind of a, it's kind of, maybe it's a little bit of an edge case because it's so dominant. Yeah. But it's really hard to argue with jQuery. It's really, really hard. Especially now with 2.0 and the the sort of modularity that you have there. Yeah, you can. They basically addressed every argument you can make against jQuery. Yeah. You can swap out the selector engine to something that is basically a thin wrapper for query selector all, or you can compile it using Grunt, which is another you know sort of it's like a, a compile a compiler for websites basically. You can compile pieces of it, just the pieces you're using, or you know, obviously you can minify it or you can, there's other build tools you can use that just, just use the pieces of jQuery that are important to you. They were deprecated support or they remove support for IE less than nine. So all of that yeah. crufty code is gone. And, and now, and now jQuery inside of jQuery, the new IE six is uh, basically Android on 2.3, which is uh, <laughs> the new crap browser that they have to support. So irony. Yeah. But the big picture thing is like, it's worth sort of thinking about how much do you gain all the way across the life cycle of the application? How much do you really gain by using Zepto versus jQuery? Yeah. You know, it's kind of reminds me of arguing about the footprint of a PHP framework. It's like the footprint doesn't really, it, it does matter. I admit that it does kind of matter, but it doesn't really matter. 
Yeah, especially when if you're talking, especially if you're talking about a file size footprint and not say a memory footprint. Because yeah. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. Who, like, yeah. Who who cares if your framework is sixty megs if you're only using a tiny portion of it? So what? <laughs> yeah. Like hard, it, hard drive space is cheap, and it's not it's it's not hurting anything by being there. Right. And I'm the first person to say that it bothers me to download like a monolithic PHP, you know, PHP framework. Yeah. Like, but it doesn't really. It, but but I realize that I'm being uh, sort of like ivory tower about it. Yeah, it it really only bothers me if I have to hunt through all of that to find the the thing I need to use. <laughs> right, which really isn't is more a function of the documentation and the the and uh, developer skill. Yeah, yeah, I mean, experience. It, right, like who? I mean, assuming if you assume that the performance, the memory footprint, the 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 functionality is all the same between framework A and framework B. If it's all executing on the server side, what difference does it make how many files there are? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't. As long as if you if you're comfortable with using both, it doesn't it doesn't matter if you have more files. <laughs> right. If you you know how to use it. You know how to use it. It doesn't matter if it's bigger. Right. So it's kind of like so. It's obviously it's a different it's a different uh, debate when you're talking about front end code because you have to transfer it over the network but the point is the same where i could actually i think we've even on the podcast talked about how you know uh you know oh geez like like cake php just seems so you know crufty like who cares <laughs> you know <laughs> like we could talk about it and we could have an opinion about it but it's one of those things like but does it really matter and are we using our our skills in a productive way or are we just like having yeah. like navel gazing? Yeah. Yeah. Unless, unless the reason your framework is so large is because you've gone to great lengths to abstract stuff way beyond a level that is reasonable and makes it sane and, and easy to, you know, logical to use, then right. who cares? Right. Right. But you can imagine someone saying like single page PHP frame MVC framework like and it be everyone be like, Wow, it's just one file. I just have to install this one file. And like, like that's I'm gonna change I'm gonna relearn my don't use Zend, you can use Slim. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Or don't well so yeah, I mean and there you go. Like I could like Zen, I I don't the thing I don't, I don't like, like about Zend, Zend is the 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 API itself, not the API, yeah. but the, you know, everything is just so verbose and confusing. Right, the documentation right. is just too, it's too much, too many features, which is different. Yeah. That's yeah. different. I feel kind of the same way about Symphony. Oh, yeah. Less so, less so, but. So, I, but the, the big point is that, you know, you, that you can have holy wars about stuff that's just like stupid. Yeah. yeah. So the so the the um but so in his talk he's like he's like talented web developers you know because I think it's Thomas Fuchs behind Zepto right and he's like this originally this scriptaculous guy and prototype.js and here you've got a really talented guy who is. I mean, has, I almost want to say wasting his time and wasting everyone's time by writing a jQuery alternative that is barely smaller and but but it has a very but the 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 uh, marketing if you want to call it that is very attractive because mm -hmm. it included 
the sort of dropping support support for crappy browsers. Like we don't need that crufty crap for IE6. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody wants that code to be gone. Not that anybody ever looks at it or thinks about it really inside of jQuery. You just feel dirty having it you there. You just feel dirty having it there. Yeah, exactly. And you like it feels clean to have it gone. Even though it's not that much code. Yeah, evidently, because they took it all out of jQuery 2.0, which has been released, by the way, of the official release. Yes. And it is, um, it's like 20% smaller. Yeah. Than the uh, jQuery 1.9. So, you know, it's like, it's just, it's a little bit, you know, I'm guilty as charged, but it's, it is really interesting when um, you think about it, like, well, how could that time have been better used? Like, like really the weak point on the web right now, I think, is uh, tooling. Like there's just there's just not much there. Is uh, what? Tooling? tooling? Yeah, yeah, like tools, like like uh, yeah. workflow and, you know, um you know, like the I've got the the beta version of Chrome developer tools and I'm a huge fan of the Chrome developer tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, Firebug people, you know, it's similar to Firebug. And uh you know, they release it's just getting better and better with each new release, but it's still not. Uh, you know, when you have like a memory pro- problem with your JavaScript, it's yeah, like, it's just gonna dev tools are just gonna lock up and, and crash and burn. Yeah, it's just rather, rather than I mean, you're not gonna because of the because of the way threading is handled in Chrome, you're not gonna lose the whole browser, but that that tab is gonna be gonna become useless rather than you know, sort of kind of recover from that memory problem and say, oh, hey, this is where your error is. Yeah, and even if you have, like, like the other day I'm working on a this sort of big slideshow thing, a responsive slideshow uh, jQuery plugin, and it's, and I was like, you know, you just take, it's, it's very responsive in that it takes, uh, uh, like a an ordered list, you know, so ordered list, mm-hmm. li with image, caption, photo credit. And that's the 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 baseline experience. If you come to if you come to the site with a crap phone, you're going to see like this list of photos with captions. Yeah. And if you have CSS, then of course the CSS is going to make it look a little nicer. If you have um, JavaScript, it's going to make it a little nicer. If you have like really awesome JavaScript and touch events, it's going to make it even nicer. But one of the things that, uh, you know, but I'm testing it in like a, a, you know, a laptop, the new modern browser. And I was getting like a two second delay every time I would try and like switch from one slide to the next. Mm -hmm. And like, what do you, you know, like, what do I look for? You know, it's like, there's, there's, memory profiling tools and I can see like, Oh, you know, like the, the paint is taking a long time. Yeah. But there's like, no, like if you, and and okay, that's better than we used to have. But if you compare it to Xcode, which I hate, but is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Xcode, like Xcode is like, here's your problem. Click here to fix it. (laughs) You know, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. The, the debugging in Xcode is, is nice. Yeah. I mean, they've got the benefit that they only have to run. I mean, they have a, yeah. an easier nut to crack, so they've gone farther with it. But but it is true that like the, the tools on the web kind of stink, and we're seeing more and more of them 
emerge uh, from places like the Filament Group and Remy Sharp and Google and uh, and all over the place. But it's still it's it's nothing compared to native development. And when you look at the numbers, people are spending according to you know I don't I don't know where these numbers come from if it's flurry or what, which would be naturally be skewed. But um, you know, like the ad networks are saying that their people are spending more time, more and more time in native applications and the time in uh, mobile web is sort of uh, uh, plateaued. So you're like, well, this is sort of a lot of ways to take that, but I think it is, yeah. I think his point is well taken, which is that people are spending their time worrying about stupid stuff and not, uh, and not, contributing to the overall platform which is the sort of the beauty of the web as a platform yeah the the openness of it <laughs> yeah exactly if you yeah. don't like something you can you, you can, can make it better you can make it better you know yeah. just go and like send some pull requests that you like to to yeah. like your favorite project on github yeah so that's funny because we've had conversations before speaking of github mm-hmm. uh, about the, the github effect on development and i i think that it's i think it's fair to say that there's a bit of decision paralysis that exists now because of github uh, yeah there is you have so many options and and maybe you maybe you find a project that you like but then there's so many different forks of it and yeah, <laughs> and, and like you're so you're like oh the ne- it's like always there's always a newer thing that sounds yeah. cooler, and you never so you never get good at anything. You're always like in this c- constant state of you know learning this new plugin or learning this new little framework and like slapping it into a project, and you never use anything twice. And it's like uh, you know so on the on the one hand, as someone who's using lots of GitHub projects, it's kind of like there's this desire to be on the cutting edge and have the the latest and greatest, you know, thing that has drop support for IE6 or whatever. <laughs> but on the other hand, sometimes you just, you need to use things that just work. Yeah. Like let's get some work done yeah. people. Yeah. And I've, I don't know about you, but I've got a pretty, at this point, a pretty standard set of, of uh, gems and libraries and things like that, that I will use. On, on projects and and then if if I need something that goes beyond the capabilities of those then I'll go looking for for new things but I, I definitely have some defaults when it comes to, to libraries and, and things that I'll use mm. so what are those for you these days uh, well jQuery is one of them mm-hmm. <laughs> even on mobile <laughs> and I know you and I had disagreed on that yep <laughs> yep I definitely but now with 2.0 I definitely I've, I've definitely changed my mind uh, but yeah um, jQuery and uh, I use Font Awesome a lot, um, and then uh, I've been actually. I recently had a chance um, with the CSS Simple Library that I did a while ago, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I had a chance. Um, it's our weekly podcast phone call. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, anyway, I recently had a chance to use that on a real life project, so that, mm. that was nice. Mm. Um, yeah, and then you know, then there's there's several several uh, Ruby gems like Rabble for building uh, API REST APIs, and um, 
you know, AWS gems and, and things like that. And oh wow! So th- I was expecting you to say more things that I was familiar with, but um, some of those are new to me. <laughs> so that's cool. We should definitely link to all that stuff. I think it would yeah. be good to do a show that that's updated from the last time we did a show on this a while back. We did, but I think we both probably changed a few things. Yeah, I've shifted. I've shifted back a little bit toward jQuery and um, and even deeper into AWS, as I know you yeah. have as well. Yeah. So we, that would be good to do. A, maybe next week we'll do a show about like the our our uh, our uh, toolboxes, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Not not so much authoring software, but. Uh, I'm thinking thinking more libraries. Yeah, frameworks, libraries, and libraries. gems, and that sort of thing. I'm doing a lot, uh, you know, a lot more Ruby development than I was probably the last time we did that. So, mm. cool. Yeah, and you know, if I have to do anything in in PHP, it's going to be Code Igniter. Yeah, I still I still think. I mean, the only thing that I've used in PHP framework wise besides Code Igniter is Slim. Yeah, which. That's the, that's one I would consider. Yeah, it's like it's like super. Not it's it is lightweight, but that's not the point in terms of file size and everything. It's yeah. just very straightforward. But I, you know, I'm not. It's not perfect, that's for sure. But again, I think yeah. it's more about like just learning your tools and like getting down with them because the difference. That's and that's the maybe that's the theme of the show is just like be pragmatic about like really what are you gaining by you know, constantly keeping yourself on this learning curve. Like what is the benefit? Yeah. 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 Every now and then there's a a tool that comes along and, and it is going to be better and it may be smaller or it may be faster. And it's important to, to keep up to date and be aware of what's going on so that you can make those decisions of of when that's a, a better tool to use. But a lot of times, you know, you just you just need to get things done and don't necessarily need to be playing around with the the newest and greatest on, on every project. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So like, uh, the, the, um, f- decision paralysis that I mentioned earlier that sort of comes from the GitHub, uh, popularity of GitHub. Mm-hmm. I think there's a flip side to that too, which is that I, I feel like everything I write has to be publishable. <laughs> Do you feel like, like I feel way more self-conscious when I code now. Because I'm like, because I'm storing everything in GitHub, and it probably it's private, probably. But I still feel like, oh well, how would I, how could I abstract this? I really should, yeah, you know, encapsulate should, this differently and make it yeah, more repurposable. I, oh, I should do this so that I can release it on GitHub. Right? Yeah, it's 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 totally slows me down. Yeah, I I kind of I don't write just for me anymore. <laughs> right, right. Me neither. Like I don't write to solve the problem. Now I'm writing to solve the problem and create a framework or like yeah. a, a plugin or a library or yeah, something that someone else can use. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I guess there's value to that because you end up getting things that that you can later reuse. But at the same time, if you're putting if you're putting a lot of effort into creating this nicely polished. Um, you know, jQuery plugin that like I don't know does some funky 3D transform on your screen when you hold the phone at a 32 degree angle <laughs> in a dimly lit room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should you really be wasting your time on that? Yeah. When are you ever going to need it again? <laughs> exactly. It's like highly specialized code. Yeah. It's like yeah. s- some stuff. Some of the libraries that you s- you see are like, in my opinion 
way, way too clever. And, and when I say too clever, I, I like a, a classic example is a hash bang URLs. Oh yeah. That was a mistake. Yeah. And, and it's stuff like that that I see cropping up like, Oh, we're going to do all this. We're basically going to like, um, how do I, how do I say this? We're going to try and hack around the behavior of the way browsers work to make it a little, little bit faster. Yeah. And when when I see I guess it's hacks. Like when I see hacks, I'm like, that's a hack. And if if I don't have a problem, then until I know exactly what the problem is, I'm not gonna do a hack. Yeah. Yeah. I tried that on the um on the, the app I'm working on. <laughs> I tried it um a couple of months back and we got about two days into it and we're like, Okay, this is this is a waste of time. Which? Uh the hash bangs. The, um, uh no, just little Little trying to come up with clever things to sort of sort of outwit some of the the default browser exactly behaviors. exactly yeah. outwitting the browser that's exactly it it's like it's like guess what the people who make these browsers have been doing it for a long time and there's some yeah they're very, a lot smarter than I am yeah they are like if you it, not you I mean there's some, <laughs> I mean they're they're you people, said that with a lot of enthusiasm I, I meant I meant you <laughs> the royal you uh huh <laughs> I meant you dear listener. I, they're wicked smart. Like every time I read one of these things, I'm like, oh my God, like these, these dudes and dudettes have thought this through way more than, uh, than, a, than a web developer can. Yeah. Because they don't even get it. You know what I mean? Because like, we don't have to because they've done it for us. Right. Like you don't realize, like not you, <laughs> <laughs> people don't realize how good we have it. Right On now. this week's podcast, John talks about how dumb Kelly is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just very, it's so true, though. It, it's, <laughs> Thanks. Not that. <laughs> if you wanted that, you could just go into the, the Greek room next door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'll give, I'll, I'll give you an example that I think everybody can, uh, can sort of, like, appreciate. So... Responsive web design, everybody's talking mm-hmm. about it. it. It's the cool thing. And a big issue with responsive web design is what images do we send? So yes. if somebody's on a tiny little phone or somebody's on a 30-inch cinema display, it would be nice to be able to, you know, a ret- imagine a retina cinema display. It would be nice to send that 10,000-pixel image only to the uh right the, the desktop and send down like you know a, a sort of 20k jpeg version of it to the mobile device right but the consideration really isn't the size of the screen in most cases it's the bandwidth it's the bandwidth right so so really i don't want to know how why i don't want to make a decision about what size file to send based on the width of the viewport what i really want to know is the bandwidth because that th- 30, you know, the 30 inch cinema display might be tethered to an iPhone. Right. Connected to the internet over the iPhone. So what you really care about is the bandwidth. So, so a lot of people have called for bandwidth media queries. Like I just want to know the connection speed, but if you spend 10 minutes Googling around for like bandwidth media queries and read Mm -hmm. like their posts about why that even the concept of that is so stupid that it's ridiculous. Like if you if you talk to a browser vendor that someone who they makes browsers, they'll just laugh at you. Yeah. It's totally impossible. And they yeah, and 
Yeah. That's not how packets work. <laughs> right. It's like there's no well, well like your bandwidth any given second doesn't isn't gonna there's like no way to do it. And they, they yeah. do like um he, like the way that the internet works makes it impossible for a bandwidth media query to exist. Yeah. And even if it didn't, your bandwidth could change at any time, so then what? Right. It could change in the middle of the download. Yeah. So anyway, the 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 point being is um, what is the point? <laughs> oh, the, oh, the point. This the particular point. Is point an idiot. <laughs> I'm glad that's clear. Uh, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> Someone had to. The point is a couple, a couple of things here. Like the cleverness of the, you know, tr- you can't, you're not going to outwit the browser, the people yeah. who make a browser. You're not going to do it. And there might be some small gains that you can get, but. You know, you just you don't have to look any farther than Steve Suter's to be like it's like ten basic principles, and you just apply them as you can. And you know, if you can't, you can. If you can, you can. And it's like, don't try and like fake out the back button, or like yeah. you know, pretend like you know, like send down a you know a fifty megabyte web app with all the code commented out, so you can have a small DOM, and then you like uncomment portions of it as you need them, like. <laughs> That is a solution to a particular problem like Gmail. That's not like a library you use on every project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the point is the point of the whole thing is is don't overthink it to the point that you're you're wasting time and resources. Yes. You can always go back and optimize more as needed. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's the other the other thing that drives me crazy while I'm ranting, is that mm-hmm. a lot of this optimization sort of this the premature optimization sort of BS is in in my personal experience, my personal work is always centered around a design. And now I'm going to get myself in trouble. <laughs> the, the BS is centered around making a bad design work, like. Uh, nah. It's not a bad design. That's not the right way to put it. It's a bad. It's it's a design that is responding to bad client demands, I guess. So it's like, it's like it's like code that is written to make ten pounds of shit fit in a five pound bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not not the not the right solution for the the either not the right solution for for what it's trying to do, or it's trying to do something that it shouldn't be trying to do. Yeah, it's like make this impossible request possible. Yeah, and and you can kind of you can kind of make the impossible request less bad by doing all sorts of crazy hacks and stuff. But really, the solution is to make the request less silly. You know, like <laughs> yeah. like how do we fit more? You know, how do we fit more stuff onto an iPhone screen? It's like, well, you can't. You can't. Yeah. You make it smaller, and the, and that's what you already have. You already have your desktop site zoomed out, and that doesn't work. Yeah. So, you know, you have to pick some stuff to not put on the screen. Oh, let's use right. a carousel. So then we can have everything on the screen in the carousel. But it's not on the screen. It's still not on the screen. Yeah. So why not just prioritize your not, content and yeah, not put it on the screen since yeah. since you're not anyway. <laughs> and then we don't have to write a carousel, <laughs> which is going to be wonky and buggy on all different platforms. Like. What's wrong with yeah. the, what's wrong with the scrolling page? Can someone tell me what's wrong with the scrolling page? Nothing is wrong with the scrolling page. Thank you. Nothing. 
scroll scrolling, the, scrolling scroll on the a page. mobile device is ridiculously easy. It's a flick of the thumb. Yeah, and it's very stable cross-platform. It is, and it's very fast. But then all that content is not on the page. So let's pretend it's on the page by putting it in a carousel. So just put the important content on the top of the page. <laughs> that would force <laughs> us to decide what the important content is. Oh. That's not happening. So we'll put it all in a carousel at the top of the page. That requires more effort than scrolling. And which 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 should be the first slide? Well, it should be random. It should be randomized. <laughs> and then it should change every time. Automatically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I'm not sure if we've made a point. I think we've made a lot of points in disguise. We we made fuzzy points. We did start out by saying it was about pointless debates, right? Yeah, and the whole podcast has been a pointless debate, so. <laughs> exactly. Mission well, accomplished. <laughs> I won't try and sum up because that would just lead to another pointless debate. Yeah. So I guess that's our show for this week, dear listener. I'm Jonathan Stark. I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week for the Niche Podcast. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>